Last time on Improv Tabletop, we followed the continuing adventures of our Hogwarts heroes, Grey the House Elf, Group the Troll, and Danuary the American Exchange Student. After an unfortunate death of Neville Longbottom at the slug eating tournament, they all reconvened in Dumbledore's office where he told them, don't worry, that was just a Neville simulacrum. And yes, I realize that simulacrum is a seventh level spell and it's a clone that's the eighth level spell. Don't at me, guys. So they talked with Dumbledore and they were like, you know what? Snape and Mad-Eye are both problems. Let's get rid of both of them. So they went out, but before they decided to confront Mad-Eye and Snape, they decided let's get the Marauder's map by stealing it from Harry Potter. So group created a distraction in the Gryffindor common room with his wonderful sleight of hand and misdirection, while Greya and Danuary stole the Marauder's map and the invisibility cloak and a bunch of manga and Pocky. After reconvening, they went into the Room of Requirements to finalize their plans. They're like, okay, we'll snap a dead Neville body into their office to frame them for the death of this person. They decided to test it on a cat and accidentally ended up with Mrs. Norris. And as they were leaving the Room of Requirement, they heard the voice of Argus Filch coming from around the corner asking where his pretty kitty was. What's going to happen? Are they going to get caught by Filch? Let's find out here in the world of Dumbledore's Delinquents. What's shaking, everybody? You're listening to Improv Tabletop, the Fate RPG actual play where we make up everything on the spot. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and today I'm joined by... Miss McKenna, seasonally depressed. Justin Porter. What, squirrel? Connor James Wood, incapable of hearing JP. <laughs> Uh, I, I did you push to talk, JP? I did. Did you not hear me? Uh, I cannot hear JP. You cannot hear a thing, my boy. Well, it's a recording. It's hopefully just an issue with Discord. This is all staying in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Someone say this would upset the pacing, but I think it's artistic. I think it's perfect. Do you want to hang up and call us back? My IT knowledge dictates that you always turn, turn it off and back and on. on again. <laughs> JP, just use sign for this one. Can you hear me now? Yes. <gasps> Indeed. Yay! All right. And the gang's all here. Woo! Guess who's back, back, back. So you guys are on the run from Argus Filch. He's coming around the corner. And I think this is a good time to bring out the rules in Fate Condensed for a contest. Ooh. Now, the whole shtick with a contest is you have two or more sides that are in direct opposition, but you're not trying to hurt each other. So we've got some goals for each group. Filch's goal is to catch you guys, and your goal is to not get caught by Filch. So we're going to have you guys roll against each other. You guys are going to take your action, then Filch is going to take his action. You're going to roll against each other to see who succeeds, and the first team to get to three victories is the winner in this contest. So what would you guys like to do to escape from Filch? Well, Throw the cat the opposite direction of where we're going. <laughs> But like you not want in it, like get, it. <laughs> get your cat. Uh, no, not in not in like a. I don't want to hurt the cat. Don't let me hurt the cat. We could use magic on it to throw it somewhere safely. You're you're too small to pick up that cat. Let me get it. And I pick up the cat and I throw it. <laughs> All right. Safely. Yeah, we did explicitly agree during the last episode that we were not going to hurt any cats. So Mrs. Norris will not get hurt by this. It's just a matter of how well.
well do you guys use it as a distraction? So the way that teamwork works in Fate is when you're all working as a group, uh, this is going to be a forceful move. So the one of you that has the highest forceful approach, we're going to have you roll, and then each person who's assisting can add plus one, as long as you also have at least a plus one in forceful. I have a plus two. Plus two. That's a plus one. All right, so yeah, we'll have group throw it, and you get a plus two for each of those, so you can roll at plus four, and Filch is going to try and roll with Quick to see if he can get around in time to notice who was throwing Mrs. Norris. Plus four, so that's six. And Filch only gets a plus three, so you guys toss Mrs. Norris, and just as Filch is turning the corner, Mrs. Norris latches onto his face, giving <laughs> you guys enough time to turn and flee in the opposite direction. Yes. All according to plan. And in a contest, when you succeed with style, you get two victories, but Filch isn't going to let you guys quite get that far ahead of him, so he's going to spend a fate point, and he's going to invoke his aspect nose like a magical bloodhound is going to bring his score up to a five so you still succeed and you're still able to run away from him but you only have one victory instead of the two does that all make sense yes 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 yes, yes. all right so you guys need two more to win he needs three to win so he currently is trying to rip mrs norris off of his face but in the gentlest way possible so he doesn't hurt his beloved cat so what would you guys like to do? What, what did we do with the cloak of invisibility? We still have it because we were gonna put, we were gonna cover the body with it. What if we throw it at the cat? But what about the body? <laughs> yeah, you're right. I just think the idea of the invisible cat would be fun. If we were to throw it over us, would it fit over group? I'm going to roll a luck check for us because we know that like we've seen, it seems to have some sort of expanding property. At some points, it's just big enough for Harry. And at some points he's got his friends under there with him as well. So I'm going to roll a flat luck check. If it's positive, then you can fit group inside. If it's not, then you can't. Fair enough. It is a flat zero. What does that even mean? Um, I'm going to say that you can fit group inside of it, but only if he carries both of you. Okay. Okay. Groupie, pick me up. All right, Alio. All right, and you too, Greya. Okay. Thank you. That was the sound of the cloak. All right, so... Let's have you guys roll then with Sneaky to see if you can avoid getting spotted. What are your Sneaky approaches? Plus three. They get zero. Plus one. All right, so Greya, you get a plus one from Danuary. Unfortunately, group's not sneaky enough to give you that bonus, but you can roll with plus four, and Filch is going to roll with Clever to try and find you. Plus five. Ooh, boy. Filch got a plus one, so he's going to spend a fate point to re-roll that. Even though he can't see it, he's going to try and sniff you out. Dang, Filch. And he gets a plus three. Dang it. Ooh. That means you guys getting a plus five, he getting a plus three. That is success with style. So you guys get two more victories, bringing you up to three. Woo! So Filch, he finally pulls Mrs. Norris off of his face just as you guys like squeeze up against the wall underneath the invisibility cloak and all of the lights suddenly go dim and it zooms in close on his face and he's looking left and he's looking right and he's creeping towards you. He's got his lantern in one hand. He's got Mrs. Norris under his other arm and she's growling and like scratching at his arm, but he doesn't care because he's on the hunt. And he like walks right in front of you guys for a moment. 
and then he hears a noise from further down the hallway and he sprints off in that direction, leaving you guys by yourselves. <sighs> guys, Europe is terrifying. <laughs> that was the scariest thing that's ever happened to me. And I, I've seen people die now, okay? He's probably the scariest thing in this castle. And I know about a lot of different things that are inside this castle. He's worse than Snape on some days, I'm not going to lie to you. Luckily, Group has these nice tree trunk arms so he can hold us both up. Okay, guys, truth time. Um, are you guys weirded out that I have a really high voice for a troll? <laughs> you know, I wasn't going to say anything about it, but I always imagined y'all to be more of like a, a base two. I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just one of those trolls that just has a, you know, an abnormally high voice. I don't know. It's just it's part of my charm, but I just, you know, I just wanted to make sure that you're all cool with it because no one said anything. No, that is part of the charm. I absolutely think it's part of your charm and I think it's very sweet. And I give you a little peck on the cheek. <gasps> I shouldn't be seeing this. My lanta. <laughs> well, I have just gotten a source of bravery, so let's go. All right, <laughs> let's get them teachers fired. Yeah, still, like, it's most of the students are either outside enjoying their time off or up in their common rooms eating pizza. The teachers are off goodness knows where, so it's pretty quiet and pretty empty in the hallways for the most part. All right, I feel like we can get to Mad-Eye's office pretty quick. Um, let me just double check. That guy's still there, right? You open up the Marauder's map, and, yep, you uh, you see Barty Crouch is still outside Moody's office. Hmm. Does anybody know anything about this Barty guy? Because he could be bad news. I, I don't know anyone except for, like, you guys and that one chick who was with me in the cafeteria. And I tend to know everybody in this place inside and out, and I don't know who Barty Crouch is. Well, if I remember correctly, Barty Crouch as, like, police detective type of mm, guy. I really don't like him now. <laughs> I'm wondering if, like, maybe Mad-Eye Moody found something out and like was like oh Mr. Crouch like come to my office and I'll tell you all about it and so he's just waiting for Mad Eye to get there so maybe they're having like a meeting. Do we want to approach him or do we want to distract him? I mean I don't see why we can't approach him and just figure out what he knows. Normally when I meet people it always goes overwhelmingly good. Yeah let's just keep that track record going. All right and, and, and if all else fails you can just bring out your magic and just be like oh look at this crazy stuff and then he'll be like that's amazing and January you can just stand there and just be yourself. I, I can do a backflip. I, I don't think I've done it for you guys. I don't but believe you I have. Can, I know how to do a backflip, so I could do that. I anyway, think, I think we can use it at, uh, for something later that'll be good for. Yeah, I'm keeping it in my back pocket. All right. Uh, hey, Barney. <laughs> Barney, it's us. So you guys go off in search of this Barney guy. You get to Mad-Eye Moody's office, and uh, there's nobody outside of it currently. Well. I'll knock on the door. And as you knock on the door, Greya, you hear this clattering noise from inside. It sounds like pots and pans being knocked over. And you hear footsteps coming up to the door and it opens up and you see Mad-Eye Moody is looking down at you. And he's like, oh, I thought I was going to get you guys expelled or something. You're still around. Hey, we're just innocent students. We didn't do nothing to you yet. Hey, um, can I talk to you? I, I have some questions. Uh, and he looks back into his office and he flicks his wand real quick and says, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, come on in. I'll, I'll put the kettle on. Okay. Uh, how, how long have you been in your office? I thought we stopped by earlier to 
see you. Oh, you know, I was uh, I was just out getting a little a little nip down in Hogsmeade, and I just got back, you know. Yeah, sometimes you need a little nip. Yeah, I, I hear that. I'd like to step behind group where I cannot be seen. Uh, roll to overcome with sneaky. Mad is going to roll with clever. Plus four. Uh, Mad Eye got a plus eight. What? Jeepers creepers, Mad Eye. I mean, he's got that eye. He can see a lot of stuff. And he rolled plus four naturally on the dice. So he sees you like trying to sneak behind group and he's like, ah, come on, sit down. And he just like grabs you by your apron and plops you down into a little chair on the other side of his desk. Uh, all right. I just, okay. Hey, Mad Eye, would you like to see some magic? <laughs> roll to overcome with flashy. I'm just going to say, this at a flat difficulty. Mad Eye is not impressed by much, so I'm going to set this at a five. I got a five. <laughs> Ooh, so you tie, and he's like, fine. What kind of magic do you want to show me, group? While he's doing that, I want to take the map out. Like, I'm going to try and, like, peek at his office room, because I feel like he got there very quickly. Yeah, funny how that works, isn't it? So group succeeded at a minor cost with this tie. And so the minor cost is he doesn't fully have Mad-Eye's attention and he looks down and sees you pull out this map and he's like, that's very magical that you're holding there. Let me take a look at that. Well, hold, hold up, hold up. You got to pick a card first. Oh, you said you were going to show me magic and I see some magic. Let's take a look Not at this that here magic. magic. I want to show you mine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, bail on the magic thing. I didn't want to have to whip this out this early, but uh, hey, Mad-Eye Moody. Check this stuff out. And I get up on the desk and I say, I'm really going to do it. And then I, <laughs> I do a flip. It's my stunt. And it's a pretty cool backflip according to my character sheet. It is a pretty cool backflip. What do you think of that, Mad-Eye? Uh, I'm going to roll to see how impressed Mad-Eye Moody is by that. Okay, cool. Uh, he's, so he's never seen a backflip before. Whoa. Uh, missing out. So he's not really sure what you're doing, but he is he is moderately impressed by your backflip. <sighs> now that I've got your attention. Grant, quick. <laughs> anyway, I was wondering the difference between bagged milk and uh, boxed milk. <laughs> Mad-Eye says... I don't drink milk. I'm lactose intolerant. Oh, that is so unfortunate. I can't imagine how horrible that must be for you. And Greya, how's it looking down there? Uh, you take me as a guy that doesn't drink water either, so I don't know. <laughs> he slams down another glass of whiskey and he says, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, so you open up the map and you look at the office and you see, hey, here's Group, here is Greya, here's Danuary, and here's Barty Crouch. Hmm. I'll just put it away. And anyway, that's how I learned that there's actually a difference between America and Europe. So, uh, Mr. Moody, you were talking about how you were going to leave your office soon? Uh, remember? I remember. <laughs> Group remembers. I remember. Roll to overcome with Flashy. Okay. Uh, since this is teamwork, we can do the teamwork rules again, and you can uh, use Group's Flashy to add a plus one to your roll. Okay. Matt is going to roll with Clever. Cool. I got a zero. <laughs> Mad Eye with his plus five says, I think you were just talking about how you're about to leave my office, if I recall correctly. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're absolutely right. We said we were going to go meet with Dumbledore anyway, so uh, that's probably best we get out of here. Uh, it's now or never. Hey, 
who has the who has the cloak? I have it in my fanny pack. Okay, Greya, distract him for one second. Um, but before we go, um, now I'm gonna I... use my quickness <laughs> to try and convey in any way, shape, or form for Groot to throw the cloak on the floor, and then I want to try and apparate a dead Neville under that. Oh my god! I know it didn't work out. We got a we got a live cat last time, but I'm gonna. Oh, try. that's right. I forgot. That's what we were doing. All right. So here's here's how I'm gonna have this work. Greya, you distracting Mad-Eye, let's have you roll to create an advantage for Danuary and see if he can get a free invoke on his attempt to summon Neville's dead body. <laughs> can I have like extra advantage on that? Because I'm trying to ask him about his favorite topic of whiskey. Uh, what do you say to Moody? And we'll see what kind of advantage you might get. So uh, before we go, um, you just mentioned your whiskey. And I don't know if you noticed, I mean, I also have a pig leg and I've created something really cool with it and I push a little button so that the hiding spot comes out and I, I bring out my flask and I'm like, I'm not gonna lie to you, the one I've got in here is really low class. That's all I'm able to get at the moment. But I was wondering if you could tell me what is probably the best one that I could get in Hogsmeade because you're such a big connoisseur and you just brought it up. So I thought I'd ask well before we go. Uh, yeah, so using your hollow leg stunt, we can give you a free boost on this. Roll to over come with flashy <laughs> that's my lowest one uh, plus three he also got a plus three <gasps> and on a tie to create an advantage you get a boost but the aspect doesn't stick around so this is going to be purely a one use boost for january which hopefully is all that you need but yeah you start talking to mad eye and he looks at your flask and a little look of admiration crosses his face and he's like Oh yes, well if you ask me, there's a there's some dead rabbits that they've got down there at Hogsmeade that's pretty good. The Tullamore DEW is pretty good as well. And he just starts like rambling on and on <laughs> about his favorite Irish whiskey blends. Beautiful. So, January, you get a free boost on your roll to summon Neville's corpse. Yes. <laughs> Let's have you roll to overcome with either clever or careful, your choice. Okay, I'm gonna do careful. And then I'm going to use that fake point I got for making that pun that one time to re-roll. <laughs> All right. Well, I got negative three both times. Oh, wow. But I do have the modifier from her. Uh, you have a free boost, so you can use that to re-roll or add two to your result. Okay. Re-roll. Re yeah, I'm going to re-roll. All right. Uh, two. Positive two is the final outcome. Oh, Positive no. two. All right. I'm so scared. So with that, so you've got the cloak out on the ground and you pull out Wandy and he's just like, you know, this isn't going to work, master. Your stupid Dungeons and Dragons, blah, blah, hoobity. Not now, Wandy. <laughs> and you give Wandy a little swish and you see the corners of the invisibility cloak on the ground flutter upwards just a moment and you summoned Neville a little bit too high and his corpse thuds down onto the ground in Mad-Eye's office, but it is covered by the invisibility cloak. And instantly Mad-Eye is like, oh, what the goodness blazes. I need all of you to get out of here right now, right now, right, right now. Okay. All right, group hit him. And uh, without even thinking, I punch him. <laughs> all right. Okay, I guess we're getting into an exchange here. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Else. Man, this was so close to being the first campaign we got through without fighting once, but here we are. 
<laughs> so yeah, go ahead and roll to attack with forceful. Uh, he doesn't know that you're going for him, so I'll say you can get a free invoke on that. He's going to roll with clever to try and notice. I'm gonna use that free invoke to add two to my roll and get a plus seven. Ooh. Uh, he also rolled super high. He also has a plus seven. Are you kidding what me? The beans? I hate this man. He, he's a clever guy. He sees a lot of stuff. Well, I want to use another invoke, and I want to say that I'm aggressively extroverted and add two to that and get right into his face and says, surprise, and punch him in the face. <laughs> it's a very outgoing punch. So that brings you up to a plus nine against his plus seven. How are you today? So yeah, you clock him right in the face and he takes two stress from that. And he's uh, looking a little bit rattled. Who would you like to go next, group? I'm going to say Danuary. Okay, didn't want to have to do this. I'm going to flip onto him. I'm going to do a backflip onto him. All right. Roll to attack with quick then. Okay. And he's going to also try and defend with quick to see if he can dodge out of the way in time. We got a six. Wow. He got a two. Yes. yes. So that is four stress. Middle school gymnastics didn't let me down today. You, you like get up onto his desk and you do the backflip and you just like both toes pointing straight straight down right into his solar plexus and he takes four stress from that holy cow he is hanging on by a thread uh january who would you like to go next <laughs> i say it's dead neville's turn <laughs> oh i was thinking too i was like send neville get him now Never mind. Greya. Dead Neville uses Splash. <laughs> it's not very effective. It's not very effective. <laughs> but yeah, Greya, what would you like to do? Um, I'll take the cauldron, any of the cauldrons in the room, and I'll do what I did to uh, my worst enemy and snap it, and it falls on his head. All right, yeah. He definitely is not expecting one of his cauldrons to suddenly appear in midair above him, so I'll say that can be a sneaky attack. Yes. He's going to oppose that with Clever to see if he notices. Greya fights like Villager from Smash Bros, where all of her like attacks are just quote-unquote accidents that she's <laughs> oh causing. <laughs> and that's a plus three. He got a plus one. Nice. Take him down. So in one exchange, before he even gets a chance to do anything, Greya, what does it look like? like as you take out Madame Moody from this combat. I look at him and I go, sit yourself down, Barty. And I snap my fingers and it bonks him on the head and he falls onto his back and he's a little unconscious. He is a little unconscious, in fact. Still a little bit. And then I'm going to turn to Danuary and I'm going to say, get out your little game uncle Dumbledore now. I do just that. Oh my gosh. The Foley work that Connor's bringing to this show tonight. Hey, Dumby. Ah, yes. Hello, Tanuary. What's shaking? Oh, not much, but some weird stuff has been going on. Turns out this guy was a cop. Uh, I I don't know, man. I'm, I'm a teenager, okay? Uh, look at this. And I, I show him. Can you see through this? I don't remember. Yeah, you pull out the Pokemon Emerald cartridge and put in the Game Boy Camera yeah, cartridge. Yeah. <laughs> and you point it down at Mad-Eye. Check it out. And Dumbledore's like, it's very pixelated, but he looks incredibly unconscious. <laughs> yeah, he is. We also found a dead Neville in here. Mad-Eye has been stealing corpses. Okay, that that's something we can really use against him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we just got to get the other guy now, right? Tell him to get in 
in here. Tell him to get to the office. Dumbledore, come here. Come Come on, Dumby. Okay, fine. I'm not allowed to apparate within my own school, though. I don't know why I made that stupid rule. Give me just a moment. 27 minutes later. <laughs> exactly. That was the coolest magic trick I've ever seen you do, group. <laughs> it's called Bob's your uncle. <laughs> and the door creaks open and you see Dumbledore is like doubled over. He's holding onto his back and he's panting. And he's like, okay, I came here as quickly as I could. Check it out. And I show him the map and I say, oh, now look at this. I have me, group, January, you, and looking at that, you think, oh, it should be Mari Moody. Absolutely not. It says Barty Crouch. It's a cop. It's a rotten cop. What do you think of them apples there, Dumbledore? And he is very, very enamored with this map. And he's like, this is an incredibly powerful magic item. I, I'm going to exercise my role as headmaster of this school. And I'm going to commandeer this map for my own uses. Oh, Dumby, no. Oh. Listen, I have spying and plotting to do. And you guys aren't going to get in the way of that. Oh, and he folds up the Marauder's map and he slips it into one of his sleeves. Well, can you at least comment on what I showed you? Or did you pay attention to that? Or were you just enamored with my map? You think so little of me, Greya. I heard what you said about this cop that we've got in here and I don't like it one bit. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Now, you guys go take care of Snape. I'm going to make some bacon up in here and he cracks his knuckles. <laughs> cool. You just cracked your knuckles so good. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Hey, uh, before we go, Dumby, what, uh, does the map say where that grease ball is right now? Yeah, that's kind of where we got the map from Harry Potter in the first place. So if, if you really want to get mad at someone, you can get mad at him. Yeah, he pulls out the map and he scans it for a moment and he says, Ah, oh, yes, here he is. And he points to the map where you see Severus Snape's footprints. And he's like zigzagging across the hallway. It looks like he's like hiding behind pillars every once in a while. And you look further up the hallway and Cedric Diggory is walking along that hallway. <laughs> Oh no. Oh no, he's about to kill Cedric. Let's go. We have to protect the star boy. Yeah. All right, Dumbledore. We're going to get on this quickly. And I wink at him. <laughs> and he says, very good, very good. You let me take care of all of this and go get that hacker and bring him to justice. Justice. Groot, pick us up. You have bigger feet. Let's go. All right. Yeah. I put, I put Greya in my fanny pack, so she's kind of like just sitting out there. It's like a little kangaroo. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hammock-sized kangaroo pouch for Greya. Oh, cute. Be careful, there's live animals in there. <laughs> I think I killed your spider on accident. Sorry. It's all part of the plan. All right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys go rushing up to the hallway that you saw Snape in, and you peer slowly around the corner. Group's head appears up top, and then Danuary's below his, and Gray is below Danuary's. All of you peeking around the corner, and you can see Cedric is walking by himself, just kind of strolling down the hallway. He's got what appears to be a book in his hands that he's reading as he's walking, and you see Snape is, like, watching him, and when he sees an opening he like does a little spy roll over to the next pillar over to the next <laughs> statue and he's slowly tailing cedric what do you think we should do he's definitely like on the prowl to kill guys i really should go to class more often i feel like there's a spell or something that could help us out here 
I don't think we should kill him. I'm a kid. I don't want to deal with all the moral implications. Yeah, and I think by association, I can't go back to jail. So let's do something different. All right, so we're not going to kill him. Maybe we could be like, oh, Cedric, could you sign this for me? And then one of us could sneak up behind Snape and, like, knock him out. Yeah. Did, <laughs> did anybody grab the Cloak of Invisibility? It's in the fanny pack. Oh, you did grab it. Okay. Yep, I always grab it and put it in the fanny pack. So one of us could take it, throw it over ourselves. The other two could be like, oh, Cedric, can you sign this for me? Oh, what are you reading? Oh, you did so good at the sluggy in contest. And then the other one just goes up to Snape and is like, and knocks him out. Yeah, we could knock him out. So you're the sneakiest if you want to try that. I'll try it. All right. Group, you and me are on Cedric duty. Cedric duty. All right. Engage plan, knock out Snake, go. <laughs> Cedric, Cedric, <coughs> Cedric, Cedric, baby. It's your favorite outcast. Uh, my name's Group Cedric. And he turns around to look at you. And as he turns, the light catches his hair just perfectly. And it kind of goes into slow motion. You see sparkles go across his face as he turns <gasps> to see you. Oh, man. Talking to this guy is not going to be as easy as I thought. Um... Hey, my name's Beautiful, and you're Danuer. I, um... <clears throat> and Cedric says, Hello, Beautiful. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Uh, my, my phone lets me talk to the principal and play Pokemon. Did you know that? I don't know what a phone is, and I don't know what a principal is, and I don't know what a Pokemon is. Oh, Cedric. I turn to Danuary, I say, this is, like, probably gotta be the first time you've ever been met someone famous, because you seem starstruck, and that never happens to me. Hi, Cedric. My name's Group. I want to show you a magic trick. <laughs> you start pulling out your magic implements, and let's cut over to Greya. You notice, like, as your friends go rushing past, Snape-like gets really, really close up into the shadows behind one of the statues, and he's watching. Looks like he's trying to find a good time to get his way out of there. What would you like to do? All right, I got the invisibility cloak on me, and I'm, like, super stealthing up to him. I'm going to take my Slytherin scarf. I'm going to take it off and hold it in front of me. And then what I'd like to do is I kind of like to uh, jump on his head. But, like, I just go crazy, and I'm like, ah, and I wrap uh -huh. the scarf around his eyes so he can't see, and I tie it, and I got my arm around his neck, and I'm like, just trying to uh, knock him out. All right, I thought you were going to try and garrot him with the scarf for a second there. <laughs> no, I thought about, like, being like, you can't talk, but I feel that it's better that he can't, well, I don't know. I, I feel like there's really no smooth way to go about this, if I'm being honest, and this is what I got. <laughs> we're trying to choke out Snape. That's all we know for certain. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and... And roll with Sneaky to choke out Snape. <laughs> and I'll say that uh, with your friends helping out with this distraction, we can get some teamwork on that. Well, what's everybody's Sneaky? Mine is zero. Plus two. Okay, so we'll get you a plus one on that roll with the assistance. It'll be a plus six. Plus six. Snape tries to notice you with Clever, getting a plus three. Hey. So you come up from behind and you pull the scarf around his eyes, you blind him, and before he can make any noises, you get your arm around his throat, and it's this thin, bony arm. It's like pressing in on his carotid artery and his jugular vein, Dang. and you're like starting to cut off some of the blood flow to his head, and he starts kind of like flailing around behind the statue, trying not to be noticed, but he can't see anything, he can't breathe, 
Uh, he's going to try and smash you up against the wall to get you to let go. Uh, he's going to do that just with forceful because there's no finesse in this situation. He's just trying to get you off. How would you like to defend against this? I'm thinking it, probably it would be best to use quick. I obviously don't want to use quick. I'd rather use sneaky because it's a plus three. But I'm thinking he's kind of got to like prepare himself and then throw it back. So he like <laughs> throw it back. Um, so like he puts himself forward and then in that brief moment of, oh, he's prepping for this. I'm going to drop down and grab onto his legs to try and prevent him from running away. Oh, all right. And see if I can trip him up or something. Okay, yeah. Roll to defend with quick. I'm going to use a fate point to invoke, check that off the list to be like, okay, this one's done. Now move on to the next thing to get him. (laughs) Does that work? He's blind. He can't breathe. Now we just got to trip him. (laughs) Yeah, that'll work. Okay. Step four, discombobulate. (laughs) (laughs) Risk it for the biscuit. I'm going to re-roll. Okay, I got the same thing. Zero is what I got. (laughs) Snape also got a zero. Oh, yay! Oh, I should have taken plus two. So what this means is the attack isn't going to harm you, but Snape is going to gain a boost. No. And the boost that he's going to gain is a lungful of air. As you let go of his throat and grab him around the ankles, he breathes in, uh, kind of regains his bearings a little bit. How would you like to retaliate? Oh, gosh. I'm going to... (laughs) I'm going to... Because I am the sneaky prankster, I'm going to pants Snape so that he extra can't run away and then I can focus on other things. Yeah, go ahead then and roll to overcome with sneaky. He's going to try and overcome with quick. Um, that's going to be a plus two. Snape also got a plus two. What? Okay, I'm going to use one more fate point because I really want to pants Snape. Um, I'm going to make it a plus four. All right. So you pull his trousers on down and he trips. And as he lands, he smacks his face against the plinth that the statue is on top of. And uh, he uh, doesn't appear to have a lot of constitution to him. And he passes out on the ground. Yes. Okay, I'm going to leave him there under the invisibility cloak, and I'm going to run over and be like, Oh, Cedric, my dear, you did absolutely wonderful today. I tried to make the bowl that they gave you of slugs not as bad as the rest. He turns down towards you, his hair swishes across his face, and you catch a glimpse of the cover of the book that he's holding, and somehow he got his hands on that copy of Twilight New Moon that you gave to the (laughs) Ravenclaw students. He's his own biggest fan. (laughs) And he says, Well, I've never seen any of you before here, but I'm very glad to have met you all. Would you like my autograph? Absolutely. Yes, please. You can find my bare chest. (laughs) And he pulls out a magic sharpie and he signs his name on your chest. And he says, that's never going to come off. Nice. I'm never showering. (laughs) I think that's funny because he said that it was never going to come off, but you're still making a matter of statement. I'm just never showering. Yeah, no, that's a disconnected (laughs) thought. I just wanted to also say, I'm never going to (laughs) shower. I'm just never going to shower. And Cedric says, that's disgusting. I'll catch you on the flippity flip. (laughs) Bye, Cedric. (laughs) And he gives you guys finger guns, but just with one of his hands, gives you all a little wink and then turns down the hallway and continues reading his book about himself. Wonderful. How'd the Snape thing go? Yeah, so he's unconscious over here. Look, and I bring open the thing. Yeah. I don't know what we should do from here. I do. 
We find a dead Neville. We find some handcuffs. We handcuff them together. We we write a note in Snape's handwriting. Well, I was just about to say with part of my magic act, and I pull out some handcuffs. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Well, that's perfect. Let's go to the basement where they keep all the dead Nevilles. All right. You guys head down towards the dungeons. You pass by Snape's office on the way there, and you eventually find your way to the room where Dumbledore tells you they keep all of the Neville corpses. All right, book them, Dano. I do. <laughs> I, I, I handcuff them together, and then I drop a note that says, it was me, dash Snape. Dash Snape. <laughs> P.S. I killed all the other ones, too, and also Mad-Eye Moody did it. Love Snape. Even though he's already signed off. And adds a kiss mark to it just for flavor. <laughs> XOXO. <laughs> PPS, don't tell my mom I'm a murderer. Please, she'll be so mad. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. So with the evidence placed on Mad-Eye and the evidence placed on Snape, uh, we'll fast forward a little bit to you guys back up in Dumbledore's office. He has a tray of butterbeers that he passes around to all of you, and he's wearing a little party hat, and there's, like, confetti and streamers all over the place. And he's like, Well, they're both going on trial, and they might get sent to Azkaban. This is one of the best days of my life. <laughs> hey, anything for you, Dumby? Everything went exactly according to plan. Yes, I am so glad that I brought you guys on to help out with this. And speaking of... And he pulls those three cards out of his sleeve, the ones that he showed you, the licenses to do illegal things for him. <gasps> and he holds them out towards you and he leans in close and he says, now about Filch. And that is where we're going to conclude today's story in the world of Dumbledore's Delinquents. Yes! Get that <laughs> Filcher out of here! Oh man, this was lots of fun, guys. We're the Grim Reapers of magic teachers. <laughs> yeah, you are. Man, the more I think about all the people working at Hogwarts, the more I'm like, why does Dumbledore keep hiring all of these creepy people to work for him? <laughs> They're insane. Especially because there's quite a lot of normal people that also work there, so he knows the difference. Yeah, he's very, very aware. Like, for every Trelawney, you also have a McGonagall who's very level-headed and knows what she's doing. Oh, yeah. Or, or, uh, who's, who's the pottery plant? Herbology. The herbology professor. Emma, who's the herbology professor? Herbology? Mm -hmm. Professor Sprout. Professor Sprout. Professor Sprout, ah. thank you. This is why it's really good that you had her yeah. while we were recording. We have an expert in-house. <laughs> the benefits of marrying a Harry Potter nerd. Tis true a benefit. <laughs> well, thanks everybody for listening to Improv Tabletop, and we'll be back next month with more adventures in a brand new setting. If you want more, go ahead and subscribe, maybe even give us a review. We would be as happy as Dumbledore is now that two of his teachers are hopefully going to get fired and sent to jail and get their souls sucked out by the Dementors <laughs> if you would go ahead and give us a positive review on the podcatcher of your choice. We're also all over social media at Improv Tabletop, so if you'd like to suggest either a setting for us to play in or an aspect for one of our characters to use, you can tweet about us or comment on one of our posts using hashtag setting or hashtag aspect. Let's do a round of plugs. As always, we've got our sister podcast, I Cast Fireball, a D&D 5e actual play, and it's, it's a lot of fun. It's been getting a lot of success lately. The numbers have been going up. Uh, it's kind of hard to gain traction in the D&D actual play world because D&D is the game that most people are looking for, but people are starting to find it. They're listening to it. They're responding well, and I'm really proud of what Thomas has put together, and I'm glad that I get to be a part of it. So go check that out. 
Also, speaking of Thomases, I have another Thomas friend who I don't think I've ever actually plugged on the show before. Uh, he streams on Twitch. His username there is the Manly Jones. He occasionally streams with Evan. They've been doing some Minecraft stuff together, and it's a lot of fun. He's a really good friend. Go check him out. Twitch.tv slash the Manly Jones. McKenna, is there anything that you would like to plug? Yes, I would like to plug my sweet kitty, who is over here giving me kisses and purring into the microphone. And now she's walking away. Not. Bye, not. Goodbye. I love you. Um, on another serious matter, I would like to plug brushing your teeth. Mm. I work at a dental office, and it would behoove you to brush your teeth every day because dental work gets expensive because I do the insurance, and it's so, so silly. So, brush your teeth. Brush your little teethies. Unfortunately, I can't brush Knott's teethies because she has none. She does not. She does not. <laughs> so, that is my plug of the day. Brush your nasty teeth, you nasties. If I recall correctly, I don't think I'm the only person here who Christian has convinced to get an electric toothbrush. Yeah, no, I, I had one and I think it was while I was living with him, so I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I also have one now. They're pretty snazzy. Christian. Side note, he was supposed to have a dentist appointment this Saturday. He obviously goes to the office where I work and he was like, well, I don't want to go. And he's like, every time I go in, they tell me my teeth are great and that I do a great job because he is has impeccable hygiene, but he's terrified of the dentist. <laughs> and anyways, so even if you have great hygiene, you should still go to the dentist every six months like you're supposed to. Um, Christian, this is not a shout out to you, but also as your wife, um, I care about your teeth. The end. Well, if he listened to Halloween PD, then he has a reason to be afraid of the dentist, you know? Honestly, oh, yeah. that's fair. That's probably where it comes from. I'll, <laughs> I'll check with him when we're done. Right on. JP, is there anything that you'd like to plug? Uh, nothing this week. We're going to go see Uncharted. Didn't get very great reviews, but we're going to see how that goes. Right on. Well, they got a fun cast. And if nothing else, you'll get to watch Tom Holland being attractive. Ugh. And sometimes that's worth the price of admission. It is always worth the price of admission. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Connor, is there anything you'd like to plug? Yeah, yeah. I've plugged escapism before, but I want to plug a subgenre of both anime and escapism by talking about isekai for a moment. Uh, isekai is something that pretty much everyone and their dog is familiar with. They just don't know the name or title or whatever. And it follows the basic idea that we have a protagonist who has woken up in some way, shape, or form in a new world and they have to navigate it and learn about it as we, the audience, do so. It's a template that has been used into the ground and then out through the other side of the planet. However, comma, it's a very cozy template. The newest Pokemon takes a little bit of an approach from an isekai idea, and I've enjoyed that, and I think there are lots of great animes out there. Uh, the Rising of the Shield Hero is really good. Overlord is pretty bad, but if you like fast food for your brain, that's one. And uh, He Who Fights with Monsters is a lovely little book series that is an isekai kind of deal. Anyway, it's a lot of fun. And uh, sometimes you just need to let yourself be in a different world for a while. Another really good one is Wise Man's Grandchild. Mm, noted. It's a good anime. Dude, I love those isekais where the title of the anime gives away like the entire plot of the <laughs> anime. Like that time I got reincarnated as a slime. That one, oh my gosh. The Devil is a Part-Timer. Yeah. The Devil is a Part-Timer is a reverse isekai and it's the best. It's so good. It's where Lucifer, Lord of Hell, gets a job at McDonald's. <laughs> I love it so okay. much. 
Wow, you convinced me more than Christian has ever convinced me to watch that. <laughs> so good. He tells me it's all the so time, good. you need to watch Devil's a Part-Timer. It's so good. And I'm like, ah, sometimes I don't like the animes you like. <laughs> no, it's, it's fun. Yeah, everybody, go get some weeb culture into your life. It's so good. Mm, yes. Well, everybody, thanks for joining us here in the world of Dumbledore's Delinquents. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and I've been joined by... McKenna Steele, house elf for not hire. Justin Porter, a.k.a. JP, aggressively introverted. Danuary, you get Daniel, you get January, you smush them together. Also, my real name's Connor Wood. (laughs) Uh, Much love and stuff, everybody. We'll catch you next week on Improv Tabletop. I love how Barty Crouch is like the wizard prime minister and none of you know who he is. Wait, he's not the prime minister. He's the minister of magic. No, he's not. What? No. Look, all I know is Tom Cruise is the president of the wizardry thing over in America, okay? So he's my president. Head of the Department of Magical Law Enforcement. Okay. I was incorrect. (gasps) This never happens. It never happens. I'm correct. Yes. Oh, gosh. My ego really wants to cut this out of the podcast. My ego doesn't want you to. It's okay. This is an alternate. This is like a B universe. We can just make uh, Barney or whatever the prime minister. Why not? This is the book that could have been. Yes. Yeah, I was thinking of Cornelius Fudge. Gosh, dang it. Ah, Fudge.